0: Well, Happy New Year, everyone. Yes, some of us are just glad to be here, amen. For all of my fellow weary travelers who have been on the sickness train in the last several weeks, um, we recognize whatever's been going around, it is a real bugaboo. Now, that is medical terminology for those of you who do not know, that means it's really bad, really bad. Um, I've also noticed something interesting, and that is, if you walk with a cup of hot tea, people assume you're sick. (laughs) And that should tell you something about the flavor and the general enjoyment of hot tea. Like, you have to be sick in order to do that. But I'm I'm actually doing much better, just a kind of ongoing cough issue. So anyway, for 12 years in a row... I have worked a yearly theme into my focus and my preaching within the church. And depending upon what I'm seeing, depending upon the questions that people are asking, depending upon what I sense God doing within the life of the church, a concentrated focus for an extended period of time allows us to have deeper reflection and deeper growth. So this last year, the theme that we worked throughout the year was the idea of share his story. Uh, God did not enter our story, instead we entered his. And we talked about how sharing God's story has evangelism as a part of it, and testimony that's a part of it, and the gospel that's a part of it, but it also has stewardship that's a part of it. We are stewards of God's story in our life. And that story includes not only what God did, but what God is doing. That is where he found us and also what he is doing in our lives. So this last fall, we began to introduce these share his story videos that have been put out on social media. We will continue to do those through 2024 and beyond. So this year, the theme that God has been working into my heart is one that has grown out of multiple conversations about measuring real growth. Measuring real growth. Uh, Simply stated, there are parts of a person's individual walk with God, their growth in Christ. Also, for that matter, there's parts of a church's growth as a, a church body in maturity. There's parts of both of those that are not measured by your standard church metrics, things like attendance and salvation and baptism and giving. All of those are important, but they they simply don't measure that. For example, if a person moves from maybe sporadic Bible reading, they read the Bible a couple of times a month, and then they move to reading the Bible regularly four to five times a week, that is a growth step in the right direction. Amen? But did you know there's not a church metric to measure something like that? If there is a a dad who is following and obeying the promptings of God to be a stronger leader within the home, or if maybe there's a mom who is following the promptings of God to help teach her children to memorize Scripture, or if there's a college student who is following the promptings of God to prayer walk their campus each week for this semester, There's not a church metric to drop that into. There's not a a box to check. There's not something that we can look at and say, that is a part that we're measuring. But I would dare say those types of spirit-led individual steps of obedience may be the greatest indicator of a person's actual maturity and growth in Christ. Now, let's be completely clear. There's parts of growth that are celebrated and that we can see on a larger church level. But there's absolutely parts of growth in Christ that only happen on individual levels. And and both types are important, but usually only one type gets celebrated. And I want that to change. I want Sherwood to be a place where we can celebrate every step of growth as a corporate church body. And we can also be a place that we celebrate every individual step of growth in a person's life. Now, if you're gonna talk about growth, we understand true growth takes time. People don't go from rebellion against God to maturing Christ in one step. Instead, it is tens of thousands of individual, incremental steps of obedience along the way. So whenever God prompts a person to act and that person obeys the promptings of God, that is a step of growth. And when they do that over and over and over and over again, they begin to mature in their walk with Christ. Now, to be clear, again, I am not saying anything wrong with big church statistics. Next week you come back, I'm gonna share some of those with you. But I am saying that it's important that we not only help people track, but celebrate those individual steps of obedience in their walk with God. So think about it like this. An individual believer's maturity in their walk with God helps develop the community of believers and our maturity with Christ. So that now brings us into our theme for 2024. The theme is take your next step. Take your next step. It's a very personalized theme this year. As you are walking with God in 2024, what is the next step that God is prompting in your life? Where is he calling you to act? What is he calling you to do? And there's a really good chance that what he's prompting you to do is not going to be the same thing he's prompting me to do. And that's okay. God is not working on everyone in the same way at the same time. It is an individual work that he is doing in our lives. But if God, for example, is prompting you to be in the word more this year, or he's prompting you to find your place of service in the body of Christ, Or maybe he is prompting you to reach out to somebody that there's been a strain in the relationship. Or he's prompting you to study the gospel more. Whatever that might be, that is what he's calling you to do. When you do that, guess what? That's obedience. When you do that over and over again, that's growth. That's taking your next step. So here's the series truth that we are going to work out over the course of this year. It is God's promptings are God's growth plan. We grow in maturity as we take our next step. God's promptings are God's growth plan. And when people are wondering, like, what am I supposed to do in order to grow in my walk with God? Like, I-, I want to grow. I want to get stronger. I want to be a more discipled individual. What do I do? My question would be, what is God prompting you to do right now? What are the things that when you wake up in the morning, you're like, I sense God wants me to be in the word more, to be in prayer more. I, I sense this is what he is, he is focusing in on my life right now. Those become the growth plan in your life. So when believers begin to recognize God's promptings and when we begin to obey those promptings, some really exciting stuff starts to happen in our walk with God. There is a newness and a vitality that returns to a person's walk with God. They can begin to look around, they see God working all over the place. They see God working in their relationships and their finances, through their jobs and their neighborhood. They see God at work with their family. Like they begin to see God working all over the place in their life. Also, they'll begin to see a freshness in their journey with God because God's promptings align with what he's doing in your life right now. And that is so important. Sometimes people are like, I I don't feel a freshness in my walk with God. The, The vibrancy is gone. My question often is, what did God tell you to do the last time that you've not done yet? When you begin to obey those promptings of God, there's a freshness that comes. Also, there is real growth that happens simply because you're not trying to superimpose God's growth plan from somebody else's life and put it on top of your life. It is individual. It is flowing out of your individual relationship with God. So to help everybody work through these concepts in 2024, I am going to share 12 messages. There will be three each quarter. And we're going to focus those in on four of the greatest areas that have potential for strong growth in your life. So we're gonna talk about stewardship. We're gonna talk about relationship. We're gonna talk about community. And we're gonna talk about discipleship. And we begin this in the area of stewardship. On this side of heaven, there's always gonna be another step, another moment, another thing God's prompting us to do in our walk with him. There's always another step to take. And as we take those steps of obedience, God begins to do an incredible work in our life. When people are going forward in their walk with God, that is growth, that is maturity. So here's my prayer for 2024, that this would be the strongest year of growth in our lives individually, and the strongest year of growth in our lives corporately as a church. I believe God's got a lot in store for this upcoming year. So, that being said, I invite you, go with me in your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy 30. I am addressing forward in stewardship of time. Stewardship of time. Our first text that we're in, we got two this morning, but our first one that we're in today is our actual memory verse for the month of January. So you're kind of getting double duty with this particular passage. We're going to study it and Lord willing, it'll give you greater and greater incentive to memorize it for the month of January. Here's what the text says. So choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants. By loving the Lord your God, by obeying his voice, and by holding fast to him, for this is your life and the length of your days. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that your spirit guide us into truth, and Lord, we'll be grateful for what you do. In Jesus' name, amen. So as always, we want to take a moment to get into the flow of what's happening within the chapter. Uh, These remarks, the ones that I just read, come at the very end of Moses' farewell address. He has already reviewed the law of God with the people of God. He has already restated and renewed the covenant of God. Now, God's people are at a crossroads. Uh, Would they embrace God's covenant? Would they pursue God alone? And would they receive his blessing? That's option number one. Or would they reject God's covenant? Would they pursue other gods and would they invite his punishment in their life? Now, you might look at that and say, Paul, the answer is easy. Of course, the people of God are going to pursue God. Of course, they will reject idols. Of course, the people of God are want to, they're going to want God's blessings. They're going to want to do everything possible to avoid his punishment. Of course, that's going to happen. Why would Moses even ask the question? He asked the question because they've been here before. (laughs) And they didn't choose the right path the last time. In fact, back over in chapter 29, Moses has reminded them of what happened when they came out of Egypt and they refused to believe God and they failed to enter the promised land. And he's already reminded them of the lessons that God had to teach them in the wilderness for 40 years. By the way, sometimes 40 years seems like a short span of time. If you think of how hard headed we really are, there's lessons God's been teaching my life for years and years and years. We also find that He's already reminded them of the hardships that they endured with their families, and He's challenged them. You're back at this place, pursue God, obey God, pursue Him, obey Him, pursue Him, obey Him. Does you know the story of God's people, us included? is a story of cyclical faithfulness and rebellion. God remains faithful, we don't. We get distracted. We get confused. We chase after lesser things, sinful things, worthless things. That's the reason we need ongoing growth and development in our lives. We understand that the story of God's people runs in a circle. So as much as Deuteronomy chapter 30 is a text that has some specific things for the people of Israel going into the land, there's also a lot of general application that comes for you and I today. We find that that same crossroads, that of life and death, of blessing and cursing, of faithfulness and rebellion, that's a crossroads every single one of us is walking through daily because of what Jesus did on the cross. If you are a believer, a follower of Jesus Christ, you too have entered into covenant relationship with God. As a result of that covenant, we're also called to love God completely, to walk in his ways, to obey his voice, and to represent his interest wherever he might place us. Now, in Israel's case, the choice was between trusting God and enjoying the bounties of the land or turning to idols and experiencing the curses that were outlined inside the covenant. For today, people are facing a very similar type of a challenge. It's between trusting Jesus and receiving eternal life or rejecting Jesus and experiencing eternal death. It's either salvation by the grace of God or it is condemnation by the righteousness of God. Jesus said it like this, John 3, 36. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. And he who does not believe in the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. So now that we have a basic overview of what's happening in Deuteronomy 30, now that we can see some parallels that are taking place between Old Testament covenant and New Testament covenant, I want us to focus our time on the timestamp that's found in this particular chapter. And there is a timestamp that is here. We're, we're talking today about forward in stewardship of time. And here's the timestamp that you find all the way through Deuteronomy chapter 30. Are you ready for it? Today. That's the timestamp. Seven times in Deuteronomy 30, it says today. Four times from verses 15 through 19, it says, today. So for example, verse 15, see I've set before you today life and prosperity. This is happening today. Verse 16, I command you today to love the Lord your God. This isn't a future suggestion, it is an immediate command. Verse 18, I declare to you today, Verse 19, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today. Over and over, the emphasis is today. Now, that makes sense. None of us can change the past. None of us are guaranteed the future. What we have as a gift from God is today, is what are we gonna do today? And if we want to grow in the stewardship of time, that is redeeming time, making the most of our time, we need to place a lot of emphasis on what is God prompting you to do today. Personalize it, ask God, God, what are you impressing on my heart that I need to be about today? Now, I want you to put a pin in Deuteronomy 30 for just a moment. We're gonna come back to that, but I wanna take this concept of today, that time piece, And I want us to bridge it into our second passage for this morning. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16. Ephesians 5, 15 and 16. This is probably the definitive passage on stewardship of time found anywhere in your Bible. It says this, Therefore, be careful how you walk. Not as unwise men, but as wise. Making the most of your time because the days are evil. Now we can quickly see a time piece in a stewardship piece. Making the most of your time. That's the time piece. Uh, It also has a stewardship piece there. That that is fully utilize your time. Do what is right in the span of time. Making the most of time your time. Now framed around that command, we find instructions and we find incentive. There's two instructions. Be careful how you walk and walk wisely. Both are focused on how you live. When the Bible speaks of walk, that is habitual action of behavior. So be careful how you walk, a focus on what you're doing. Be careful how you walk, walk wisely. What's the incentive? The days are evil. In other words, we don't have time for missteps. We don't have time for the inevitable regrets that are gonna come from months or years of not walking with God and acting foolishly and looking back and saying, oh, I wish I would have done it differently. He's saying right now, in this moment, walk wisely. Make the most of your time. Watch how you walk today. Now let's pause here for a moment. We all have the same amount of time in our day. We all don't use that time in the same way. Some people spend time. Some people waste time. I've been known to lose some time. Y'all ever lost time? All of a sudden, you're like, where'd the last three hours go? Okay, this, this text is telling us that we're to make the most of our time. That, that phrase, making the most of, it means buying Buying back or buying out. When it comes to time, we are to redeem time. We are to buy it up. We are to buy it back. In the Greek structure of that phrase is not that we buy back time for ourselves, but that we buy it back for God and his purposes. Scripture reveals that there's multiple words that are used for time all throughout Scripture. It it speaks of herma, which is day, aura, which is hour, kairos, which is season, kronos, which is time, and aeon, which is age. The word that's used here is kairos. Now, this is important, and it's important, and it's best to see it when you you contrast kairos and kronos together. Both words can be translated as time, but chronos refers to the flow of time or one event that follows the other. Kairos speaks of a favorable moment of time, a significant moment of time. That's the word that's being used here. Now, you might say, why would that be important? Well, think of it like this. The Old Testament prophets... They spoke of a time when Messiah would come. It wasn't just any time. It was a favorable moment of time. Do you remember what happened whenever Jesus would heal somebody and everybody get all excited and he would say this? Don't tell anyone my time has not yet come. The word time is kairos. That specially specific chosen moment of time had not yet come. Now, Paul tells us in verse 16, when we're walking carefully and when we're walking wisely, we will make the most of those significant kairos moments of time. God has special moments in each of our lives that he intends for us to buy back and to redeem for his purposes. Now, you're like... I don't know if I've ever recognized one of those in my life. I don't know what that would be in my life. Let me tell you one of the quickest ways to recognize a Kairos moment, in hindsight. Chances are, each of us have had those moments where we felt that God was prompting us to do something, and we didn't do it, And afterwards, there is this thing that just settles into our spirit, like I just missed something. I just missed what God was telling me to do. It it might be like God was prompting you to pray for your server at a restaurant. And you're like, Lord, I don't wanna seem like a psychopath. I don't wanna do that right now. (laughs) And you miss your moment. It might be that God was prompting you to, to text a passage to a hurting friend. And you, you just got busy and you didn't do it. And later on, you find out that what the person was going through, like literally your passage God put in your mind was exactly what they were walking through. And you're like, I missed that moment. It might be that God has prompted you to share the gospel with somebody you just met. And you're like, Lord, I don't, I don't know the gospel well enough. I'm not sure. And all you know is you delay it. You don't do it, you, you pause. And all of a sudden the time passes and there is this feeling inside. I just missed something that God was prompting me to do. Those are Kairos moments. Those are moments that that it was a specifically chosen, beautiful, redeemable, God initiated moment in your life. And when we take those moments with God, here's what happened. We are walking carefully and we're walking wisely with Him. For the person who wants to grow in stewardship of time, they will need to be concerned about the moments of time and the opportunities of time. They're constantly going to be asking two different questions Am I using time wisely? Am I redeeming time well? Those two questions, am I using time wisely? Am I redeeming time well? Now, I want you to take all of that, and I want us to go back now into Deuteronomy chapter 30. Now, remember, our time stamp is today. When is the right time to obey the commands of God, the promptings of God, and the word of God? When's the right time to do that? Today, right now. There is always an urgency accompanies the commands of God. You need to hear that one again. There's always an urgency that accompanies the commands of God. When God commands, we're called to obey. We don't have to understand to obey. We're called to obey. We don't have to like it to obey. We're called to obey. We're not called to bring a forum of our friends together to see if the plan is good or not, we're called to obey. There's always an urgency that accompanies the commands of God. In fact, write this off to the side in your notes. Psalm 119, 32. It says, I will quickly obey your commands. Psalm 119, verse 60. Without delay, I hurry to obey your commands. Delayed obedience is disobedience. When he says act, and we say, not right now. When he says do, and we say, I'll think about it. When he says, now is the time to take this step, and we're like, I'm gonna just process it a little bit more, that's disobedience. This is a word, this is a word, this has been helping me ever since God shared it with me this last week. Here's a word, the shorter our response time, the more mature we are in our walk with God. The shorter it is between God's prompting and our obedience, that's a sign of spiritual maturity. Did you know somebody can sit in a church every Sunday for 50 years and not grow in their walk with God? Your attendance is important, but your attendance is not the only indicator of your walk with Jesus. Somebody can give every week, and still not have a close relationship with God. But when you find someone who is prompted by the Spirit of God, and that person quickly obeys, that's spiritual maturity. You know why I know that's maturity? Because that person has been taken to the woodshed so many times, they're like, Lord, if you say it, I'm doing it. They're like, you don't have to beat me into submission on this. You don't have to keep telling me. God, I remember what happened the last time you told me this, and I did not act. I am not going to do that again. There's something maturing about a good whooping from God. (laughs) So, in Deuteronomy chapter 30, what did God tell his people to act upon today? He said, choose life. A choice needs to be made. Every day when you wake up, choices are gonna be made. Choices about where you go, who you meet, what you do, how long you're there. Choices about, will I pursue God? Will I study his word? Will I be in prayer? Will I obey his promptings? All of those are choices that are made. Based on verse number 15, the people of God had life and prosperity as one choice, and death and adversity as the second choice. And the deciding factor between the two was how they responded to the terms and conditions that are found in verses 16 through 18. If they pursued God by loving him, by walking in his ways, keeping his commandments, keeping his statues, keeping his judgments, he says, you will live, you will multiply, and I will bless you in the land. That's found in verse number 16 but if their heart was turned away to other gods and they pursued other things, if they chose not to worship the one true God, if they chose to serve other things, he says, verse 18, you will surely perish. The people had a choice to make. The wise choice is choose life. It's wise because of what it brings. It brings life and good and blessings. It's wise because of who it affects, you and your descendants. Did you see it in verse 19? Choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants. Our choices are never made in a vacuum. They always impact other people. The obedience of one generation becomes the godly foundation of the next generation. You need to hear that again. The obedience of one generation becomes the godly foundation of the next generation. Parents who are choosing to obey God are making a wise investment in their children and in their grandchildren. Did you ever think about your obedience being an investment in your kids and your grandkids? I'll give you a passage to put off to the side of that. Proverbs chapter 20, verse seven. The just man walks in his integrity and his children are blessed after him. You see, while each person is called to walk faithfully with God, the faithfulness of one generation has an absolute impact on the next generation. By the way, when you take your next step of obedience as a parent, you are preparing and blessing your kids to take their next step of obedience as well. There's a generational piece that comes with this. Now, in case the reader has missed it, Moses restates the terms and conditions of this particular covenant in verse number 20. What does it look like for somebody to choose life? He tells us, It's by loving the Lord your God, by obeying his voice, by holding fast to him. Love him. Obey him. Hold fast to him. Notice that next phrase. For this is your life. This is your life. This is an observation. But life becomes what you love. If you love your job... If you're not careful, your life can totally become all about your job. If you love money, if you're not careful, life can totally become about nothing but money. If you love your hobbies, if you love your your family, if you love your leisure, if you love anything else it becomes what you love. Our life becomes what we love. And in both the Old Testament as well as in the New Testament, we are commanded, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul and strength. When we do, God becomes our life. In fact, Colossians 3, 4, it says, when Christ who is your life appears. So let's pull all of this back together. Ephesians 5 it teaches us to make the most of our time, to redeem our time, to buy it back for God and his purposes. We do that by walking carefully and by walking wisely. Now for the person who's saying, I want to do what's right with my time. I want to be a good steward of time. I just don't know where to begin. I don't know what to focus on. I don't know what's my my big thing that I need to do. That's why this Deuteronomy 30 passage is so important. It gives timeless principles for every believer about how you make the most of your time. For those who want to grow in the stewardship of time, each day there is a time to act. Act. Each day, I, I want to emphasize each day, this is not a one and done. This is not, I decide today and I don't have to decide again. Each and every day, there's a time to act. The time is today. The time to pursue God is today. Every day God blesses us with is another opportunity to redeem time for Him. Stop worrying about your past. Stop worrying about what's happening in the future. What we have is today. Today is that time. There's also a command to obey. I command you today, love the Lord your God. The command is to love God. You and I don't have 50 number one things we have to do today. We got one. Our command, love God. Everything in your life is gonna flow out of that relationship. Also, there is a decision to make. So choose life in order that you may live. Will you choose life? Will you choose God? Will will you choose his path, the greatest blessing, the greatest good? And, And please don't say yes because you think that's expected. Say yes because it's right. Say yes because you're willing. Say yes because you understand the importance of every single decision you make. It impacts the life that you live. Say yes because your, your future, your children, it's too great a, a price to pay for disobedience and chasing foolish things. Say yes because it's God's path for his best in your life. Say yes because God's saying, choose me. Oh, but listen, listen. Saying yes does not come without cost. To say yes to God is also implying saying no to other things. No is a good answer for a lot of things. Yes is the right answer for the best thing. So from there, there's also a path to follow. I love the fact that God gives us specifics. What do you do? He says, love him, obey him, hold fast to him. The path is always relationship. And finally, there's a blessing to enjoy for this is your life and the length of your days. When you pursue God today, when you heed his voice, when you obey his promptings today, you discover true life. You discover what's worth living for those who want to go forward in stewardship of time, for those who want to redeem time, for those who want to make the most of their time, for those who want to buy back time for God and his purposes. It all begins by saying yes to God today. Today, not next week. You don't know if you got next week. Today, parents, the lessons you live before your kids now becomes the foundation that they have for their walk with God in the future. They need to see mom and dad obey Jesus today. They need to see us take decisions Seriously, today, life is great. I love life. Wonderful pursuits, wonderful things to enjoy. But if we miss the most important thing about passionately pursuing God with every fiber of our being, it doesn't matter what we add to our life, it will never be what he intended it to be. Today, pursuing God, today. Would you pray with me? His heads are bowed, eyes closed, just a moment. This is first Sunday, 2024. I am praying that God has already been working in your heart, that maybe there's pieces he has been prompting you to do that you know about You might have even put it on your resolutions list. You might have put it on a goal list for 2024. And you know it's what he's directing you to do. I pray today is like a clarion call where God's saying, now that you know, do it today, do it now. I'm not sure where people are at. There might be people right now that their first thing for 2024 is, is they said, I, I need to go to church. And they don't even maybe know why they're in church right now. But they felt prompted, they felt led to come to church and they're here. Praise Lord for that. If you are here, but you don't yet know Jesus as Lord and Savior, I cannot stress enough everything I've described today is only possible because it comes out of a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So today you might need that peace. That might be your first step that you need to address. If that's the case there's going to be some of our pastors, some of our pastors' wives, there's going to be counselors that will be up along the front. There'll be people who are here that would love to be able to answer questions and help you take your next step. There might be parents in here that you all have been praying through things as a couple for a while. And you know that God is burdening your heart to take that step. May today be the day that you solidify that. Wherever God is prompting you, that's the place that now becomes your growth plan. We're gonna have a word of prayer, and then the altar is gonna be open. We'll sing a final song of invitation. We encourage people to simply respond as the Spirit moves them. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for another Sunday to be able to gather, to worship, to study. To grow together, to grow individually. Lord God, we pray today that this would be a year of incredible individual growth and corporate growth. In Jesus' name, amen.